Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. My name is Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leo the Guild to Felipe VI. Mm. And this week we have our third monarch in the Leo the Guild dynasty. This is Liuva, Liuva II, as he was known. Okay. So this is the grandson of Leo the Guild, the son of Recoret. Liuva, okay. Liuva. Mm-hmm. Liuva II, because his great uncle, Leo mm-hmm. Begild's brother, was technically Liuva the first. He was he was king before Leo Begild. But see. that's before we started the Yeah, I was going story. to say we have Liuva the second. But wait. we didn't have the first. The first <laughs> the first was a little too ancient for us. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. What was his grandfather technically king of? Just so I so can... Liuva was was king of the Goths. He was, and okay. he was the king directly before Leo the Guild. Right in the same location, or was he, or were he? So Liuva was king of the Goths. He was the king immediately preceding Leo the Guild. Okay, right, and Liuva is also going to be the king of the Goths, and that's why he is Liuva the second. The second. Okay, yes. gotcha. Before we talk about his biography, I'm going to talk about a new source. Oh, it, of course. <laughs> it's actually a source that we've I've been mentioning from the beginning. This is Isidore of Seville. Okay. Now, Isidore of Seville wrote a book called The History of the Kings of the Goths. Okay. It was written in the year 625, so a little bit later than where we are in our current story. But Isidore was alive for most of what we're going to be talking about. And this is going to seem like a very silly question. Isidore, male or female? male okay i was gonna say it probably would be on the other hand you say isadora and i immediately think mm-hmm. isadora and i think right. isadora duncan and i think don't drive in an open car with a scarf okay so <laughs> but yes isadora no, okay just... isadora was alive for Liuva's reign and he was even the bishop of seville during oh it. he okay. is leander's brother god that family uh so okay he, so you know you know that he got his job as the bishop of seville because he was so qualified sure yeah. Very good no, at no. sticking the thumb in the eye of authorities. Yes. <laughs> Isidore also wrote a chronicle, but it's very boring and it doesn't tell us much that we don't know. So we're going to be focusing on his history. Okay. The history of the kings of the Goths. Gotcha. It's focused on Gothic independence from and domination of Rome. It's got a very might makes right kind of ideology. So. Oh, he must have loved Leovigild. He did. Um, he did. Just like yeah. John of Piclaro. Yep. Despite this, the history of the kings of the Goths is not nearly as voluminous as Gregory of Tours' history of the Franks. I'm reading a secondary source, The Goths in Spain by E.A. Thompson. And E.A. Thompson comments that Isidore, quote, could not have told us less if he tried. <laughs> I, I, I see. So that's uh, not really what you want in a primary source. Right. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it's what we have for the next five kings. Right. Paper and pen is and ink is expensive. Like, yeah, but couldn't we maybe mention how people died? No. In a fact, little, a little bit more would be good. Right. But yeah, we have left John of Piclado and Gregory of Tours behind. Now mm. we're fully in Isidore of Seville. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Liuba. Here's his biography. Oh, we God. actually have a birth date for him. He was born in about 584. Okay. Uh, we know this because his father was king at the time. We don't always know these things because since the Visigoth monarchy is elective, 
Mm. They don't necessarily know who's going to be the king, so they don't really report. Right. They were born, you you right? become important when the king dies, not when you are not born. Not when you are born. Gotcha. Yes. So he was born to Recared and Bado. Possible that his parents weren't officially married when he was born. Right. His mother is a commoner, and they, they did get married later. His birth happens around the time his uncle Hermenegild was exiled. He's one year old when his uncle is murdered, and then about three years no, old. No, 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 no. Accidentally died. Accidentally, accidentally fell down died. The That's right. Yes. The rhinoceros in the outhouse was just one of those things that happened at the time. Right. And actually, uh, uncle, what uncle? I never yeah. had an uncle. And, and also, yeah, why Why would you say that weird name that I've never heard before? Exactly. The, the, the oldest son was always my father. That's right. So, yeah, he's pretty young when all of this goes down. Mm. He doesn't have any siblings that we know of. Mm. So it's just kind of him. We don't really have any information about what he's doing while his father is king. You remember from our last episode, his father was pretty busy putting down revolts. Right, right. And I mean, traditionally, the sons are usually given, you know, some sort of over, you know, position where they oversee the killing of large numbers of people. Um, Well, this is usually true, but unfortunately, Liuva was just five years old when his father's general Claudius beat the 60,000 francs up in Narbonne. Right, right. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you know about five-year-old boys, but that's mm-hmm. actually an ideal time to be putting them in charge of killing large numbers of people. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I will just say want, that. I always want a five-year-old boy to be the general of my army. Exactly. Well, you know, kill all those people. How? I don't care. Just you know, smash them together real hard. That's generally that's what how I do I... with my toys. Exactly. So. <laughs> Works great. Do we have a giant magnifying glass? Because that is also a good way to kill things. <laughs> Okay. So the only thing we know for certain is that he almost certainly would have been raised the Catholic. Of course. That's it. Okay. In 601, his father dies and Liuva is crowned as Liuva II and he is 18 years old. Oh, all right. 18 isn't, 18 is too young, but eight, I mean, at least we're not talking about, you know. At least Henry, he's not a baby. At least he's not a baby. Okay. We will see that later on. Yeah. How well that works. Oh, I know it works well. But I don't know. You're 18 years old. You've just been proclaimed king. What's your plan? Um, well, let's see. I'm 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 immediately thinking, literally, when I was 18, I had just discovered how to coordinate between the demands of my genitals and my ability to drink. Um, so that was really, that was my 18th birthday. I'm thinking as King. Well, I guess the question that I have is how Catholic was he? I mean, if he's somebody who was raised Catholic, I get, you know, basically, uh, just to, to bring in the Kennedy analogy, are we talking about Jack Kennedy? Or are we talking about Bobby Kennedy? How seriously Catholic was he? It seems like he was pretty serious. Okay. Okay. Uh, the main issue, something you kind of alluded to but didn't really Mm. go into he's not married at this point ah see that's that would have probably been my first move is make sure that you have a wife ideally that you have an heir Um, well and that's the thing his father hadn't gotten around to arranging a marriage for him before he died and his mother uh, predeceased his father right he has no heirs and the franks are not fans presumably well that 
there's no attempt to set him up with a Frankish princess ah, like his right. father and grandfather had had tried. Mm-hmm. Now, him not having heirs is not a tragedy for the Visigoths as a whole. Remember, the mm. monarchy is basically elective. Right, right. And he is 18, so it's not like, you know, hey, clock's ticking, man. Right, um, but personally for Liuva, he's in a pretty weak position. Right. Right, no wife, no kids. And... Mm-hmm. He doesn't really seem like he understands that. And unlike his father, I mean, if we if we go back to, you know, Recared, Recared takes over from a, a king that everyone is terrified of. Mm-hmm. Recared seems, you know, sort of more of the Mr. Rogers school of, of monarchs, you know, with a little bit of anti-Semitism thrown in. Mm-hmm. And nobody's scared of Recared because the people who were scared of him are, are long dead right. in that early series of, of plots. Of from his father, um, yes. Right. So that's a bad that's a bad position to be entering into if nobody's really scared of the king. And you he, know? Doesn't, he doesn't seem to know it. Oh, I, I get the no. sense that Leova is, I don't want to say spoiled, but he was raised with his father and right. grandfather being king. Right, and in which case entitlement is going to be bone deep well okay so here's a good example of this one of the first things liuva does as king is he gives Mm -hmm. a gift to the city of talavera de la reina okay his gift is a statue of the virgin mary liuva is intending to replace the city's worship of the goddess ceres who's a roman goddess of agriculture Mm -hmm. right so he's like i'll give you the statue of the virgin mary you should worship her instead of this Roman goddess. Right. right? Because if you're going to replace a fertility goddess, mm-hmm. absolutely replace her with the Virgin Mary. Well, I, I mean, yeah, okay. Point saying. Yes. As a matter of fact, the people of Talavera, like modern times, still celebrate Mondas, which is a spring festival that takes place the Saturday after Easter. And this is now in honor of the Virgin Mary. And this okay. is probably a copy of this statue. All right. So that's that's his first idea. He's king. Nobody was scared of his father. His mm-hmm. father had to put down four rebellions. Right. And his first idea is, let's root out this isolated pagan practice. Right, happened. right. Yeah. Let's start by making enemies. It's, it's um, not the best use of your time. No, no. You know? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, your father had to quell multiple uprisings from heretical Christians bent on changing the royal religion back to Arianism. Right, And right. you're obsessed over a statue. Yeah. This um, is what I mean by Liuva doesn't seem to really recognize what his current situation is. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to go back to uh, what would you do at 18? And yeah. I will add, add to my list of priorities bribing the living hell out of everyone close by because that's what you do is make it clear that having you on the throne is good for them financially he didn't do that (laughs) then this is not necessarily going to be a long episode i'm guessing go ahead (laughs) let's rewind a little bit you remember the uprising that general claudius put down in merida the one headed by bishop suna yes yeah so I mentioned the plot was revealed to Recared by a guy by the name of Witterick. Yes, you did. Yeah, Witterick was a co-conspirator and he turned his coat and got them all arrested. Right. So Suna is exiled to Mauritania for his part in the plot. Okay. But Witterick gets to keep his position as a, a noble goth, despite being part of the conspiracy, probably as a thank you for turning everybody in. 
Yeah, I mean, a reliable weasel is always a good thing. Absolutely. So, according to Isidore, Witterick becomes a general under Liuba. Yeah. Right? So, in the spring of the year 603, he's busy preparing for a battle with the Byzantines. Uh, okay, I was going to say, I assume he's going to be fighting them at the territory they hold in Spain and not, Correct. as it were, yeah, crossing he's not the going... entire damn Mediterranean. He's not crossing <laughs> the entire Mediterranean. He's planning to go to the, the east of Spain, the east coast, right. and fight the Byzantines. Okay, However, Witterick doesn't do this. Instead of doing so, he takes his troops back to Toledo, oh, he storms boy. the royal palace, yeah. he deposes Liuva, uh-huh. and to make sure that Liuva could not take power again, he cuts off Liuva's right hand. Okay, a couple questions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> n- number one, w- what? Uh <laughs> By which I mean, what uh, was this simply taking advantage of an opportunity by having an 18 year old dimwit on the throne? Or was there Mm -hmm. something a little more personal involved? I don't think there was anything more personal involved. Mm. Okay. We are going to get to Witterick. He's going to be next. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if he's deposed, I was going to say the next episode better be Witterick. Uh, it is. And we will kind of dive into his psychology a little bit more. How but, long was, okay, why, why the hand? What's so the... the idea was if you were maimed in some way, mm-hmm. you were not fit to be king. If oh. you didn't have physical perfection, then you could not be a war leader. And specifically oh. throughout the Middle Ages, blinding and cutting off the hand you hold your sword in oh, okay. that, are that... things that prevent you from being a war leader king. Right, right. I'm thinking now, um, if you know the story, of course, of Abelard and Eloise. I don't. Um, oh, I, I, I won't go too far into it, but, but Eloise was a, a noblewoman and Abelard was a very popular priest and they had a very torrid affair, which her family found out about. And long story short, Abelard was castrated oh. with the understanding that a man who had been mutilated in that way could not be a priest. Yes. Um, that there's something in the Old Testament that specifically forbids it. And and I just immediately think of Abelard hearing about what happened to Liuva and saying, want to swap? Um, <laughs> well, so, Liuva but, does but, survive. Oh, yes. Sometimes Abel- these I mean, kinds of punishments like blinding, uh, right. I think I think Allie from Rex Factor once called it a long-winded death by Right. The no, a- Abelard actually survived for uh, for many, many years. And, and we have we have the correspondence between him and Eloise after the the gelding, and she goes into a nunnery, and she doesn't want to be in a nunnery, but she doesn't have any choice, and it's really horrible and poignant, and yeah, and, and Alexander Pope writes a poem about it, and that's where we get the phrase, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. So, anyway, that, yeah, well, okay, okay, out of the weeds, out of the weeds, out of the weeds, I'm getting out of the weeds. So Liuba guess... doesn't live for many years and write wistful poet right that, that yeah, After, i was gonna say back back to liuva back to lefty as we will yeah know. uh lefty only makes it a couple more months before witterick decides you know it's real inconvenient having him right around. half so measures was, are no measures at all let's just go ahead so liuva was executed by the okay. summer of 603 i see okay he was so 20 years old 
Uh, okay, he's on the throne for less than two years, definitely. Exactly. Yep. Okay, probably not a lot of legislative accomplishments in that period, apart from the statue. Well, you want to rate him? This will probably be quick. Oh, God, this will be quick. All right. All right. First category is conquistadores. We know he was preparing to do battle against the Byzantines because he uh, sent Witteric to do it. Okay, then we'll give him a one. Yeah, he uh, never really gets the chance to go to war. Right. Well, as we'll a matter of fact, he yeah. probably should have gone to war a little bit more forcefully against right. Aryan holdouts. And maybe right. he shouldn't have trusted someone to be a general who had already turned his coat once. Right. That's that is that is a very good point. I mean, I'll give him a one for wanting to make war and for readying to war but that yeah. is all but that I'll is i'll match all. that right it's a two with yes no all right next category no me digas isidore says that he's very virtuous <sighs> yawn yeah he is clearly someone who is more interesting for what happened to him than for anything he himself did Again, i can't give him any points i don't think we can give him any points i mean all right here's the thing i will give him one point for being made king and deciding that his first priority is a statue. Is that's a statue. just is, that's is just weird, that's just weird enough that I will say, all right, I will give you one point because that's odd. But apart from that, no, nothing. I will give him one point. I'm still not giving him anything. Okay. So that's, right. that's one point for Nomad right. Igas. Uh, right. All right. The next one is orthodoxia. I mean, well, he's, cer he's certainly focused on religious matters. He was. I mean, literally, we're talking about the only thing that he uh, did apart from, you know, preparing but for But again, war. if he was really that orthodox, he should have opened his eyes to the Aryan conspirators in his midst. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm not giving him much. I think this is going to be his strongest category, but his strongest <laughs> category is, I'm, I'm thinking two. I was also thinking. I'm two. thinking two. And even then, it's more like, well, that's that's the path you were on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Mm -mm, no, mm -mm. that's a four. That's four a four. Orthodox, yeah, yeah, no. Last category, El Reisto. Liuva II is another one that has the wrong king on his pedestal. Oh, oh, forgot. Yep. Well, in his case, of course, who the hell could remember what he looks like? He was, yeah. he blinked and gone. Yeah, who cares? Ervig right. is on his, his pedestal and his statue has been lost. Okay. But there is a painting in the Prado and we do have a coin. Okay. So All right. Let's take a look at those. Things. Gosh, I wonder what the coin is going to look like. <laughs> well, here's, here's the painting. Okay. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, I love me, how he's got the mustache, but he hasn't really really grown, grown in the beard. Hair. I was going to say yeah. that's kind of, and that's a that's damn near a mullet. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. It really is. Uh, I assume that is scripture that he has his hands on, it or something like of, it. Yeah, like yeah. I love the fact that he has the book placed on what appears to be an ivy covered rock. Yeah, uh, that's that's just odd. It looks like he's in some cave that was artfully decorated with a sheet. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not a bad representation of him because he's got this very, very voluminous red cloak that covers up nearly all of his body. So he is basically 
somebody that we can see nothing of. And and there's there's kind of like there's an implication of a gold robe yes. underneath. And the shoes. But, and the shoes. The shoes actually are pretty nice, actually. Yeah. But but it's a good artist representation of him simply because it shows us so little of him. I like, I like whoever the artist was, he he, I assume, he said. I got nothing to work with here. Well, I'm going to paint something that showed that I have nothing to work with. I'm going to um, paint a gangly 19 year old yep. whose chin hair hasn't finished coming in right. and yep. kind of hide that right. we don't really know anything. And he is, he's actually, he's kind of looking over his shoulder. Like he just heard Witterick come into the room Yes, and, and didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty so, good. Yes. All right. And here is the coin. Wow, he that even is. Have a mouth. We are getting really abstract. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nice eyebrows. Is, right. Right. V- very decisive eyebrows. But no, no mouth. No mouth. Well, golly. Golly. N- n- That's n- the physical culture we have left. Okay. All him. right. No uh, church councils. No. He has no children. Mm-hmm. He rules for two years. Now he did get his hand cut off. That's a pretty novel pre-death. He he did get his hand cut off. That's true. And then he was Um, executed a few months later. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. I don't know though. I mean, uh, I'm I'm not really going to go above. uh, 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 I want to say one, but I'll go as high as two. I was going to do two. Yeah, let's do two. That is another. And that's really mostly for the maiming. Um, yeah, it's mostly for the death. Right. You gotta say that. So that's four, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Right. right. His final score is eleven. Ugh. Dismal. Yeah. Just His grandfather dismal. got 36. Yeah, exactly. So it's our final question. This is the Quiddle easiest Quiddle. question. This is the easiest one we will ever have. I think um, so. Yes, that is this is a hard fuera. Get out. Yes. Yeah. Shoe. I, and I think, as in, I think in the words would. of Witterick, fuera. Fuera. Yeah. Yes. Witterick probably said it right to his face. Yep. And he went, hmm. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, excellent. That's Liuva. And next time yes. we're going to have a different family. Witterick yes. is not related I was going to say, Liuva Guild has, uh, his, his dynasty, his dynasty has, is done. Has ended. Okay. Yes. All right. Cool. Well, let us know okay. what you think of Liuba the Second. You can yes. follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Right. You can download us Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. all kinds of different places. Are we doing recommendations? Yeah, we are going to do recommendations. Okay. So Just... let's. Uh, all right. I'll go. I'll go first this time. You go first. Yeah, I am doing a reread of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Ooh right now but i reread the hobbit first because Ah, okay it had been a real long oh forever i had read it right and i really want to recommend that if you read it when you were a kid and you haven't read it in a while you should reread it because it's hilarious it is very funny it's very funny the scene where they escape from the elf king in the barrels right right they all get (laughs) in the barrels and they bob down the river for two days, cold yes. and wet and trapped inside a cask, yes. right? Yes. They finally get to the town and they wash ashore and Bilbo opens up the first barrel and it happens to be Thorin. Right. And I think, I think J.R.R. Tolkien literally says, 
it was a while before Thorin could even be polite to Bilbo. <laughs> and that just cracked me up. And Bilbo's response is, did you die though? And the whole thing is just so funny. I'd forgotten how funny it was. Yes, yes. It is so, It is a wonderful, wonderful book. So my um, recommendation is to revisit that. Or if you haven't yes. read it yet, The Hobbit, it's a great yes. read. yes. My recommendation is I am watching the new version of All Creatures Great and Small okay, on PBS. Yes, I I am. And you can stream the first series for free on the PBS app. So if you can get that, you can watch the first series for free. I was a huge, huge, huge fan of the original series. Robert Hardy's performance as Siegfried is one of the great comic performances on TV. He's just mm-hmm. a brilliant performer. So it's it really is like revisiting something from my childhood uh and the new series is just lovely the the landscape porn of yorkshire is just so wonderful to look at proper accents the the animals are wonderful it's it's really i'm just enjoying it and there are a lot of people who are saying oh it's not as good as the original series like yeah, I know, but I've seen the original series and now I'm enjoying this. Shut up. You, they can both be good. Um, I like so how I, we both recommended something from our childhood. Yes, exactly. Nice. So so that is that is what I am enjoying. If, if, and if you haven't, and if you prefer the original series, go watch the original series. I recommend that too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite wonderful. So that's nice. my recommendation, All Creatures Great and Small on PBS. Awesome. All right. Well, next time we are going to take a look at Witterick, the... Usurper. The turncoat. Yeah, I was the going to say the victorious weasel. Yes, yes, looking forward to this. All right. All right. All right. Well, see you later. All right. Bye. Thank you. See you all. Bye. Bye.